yeah. having bicycling 150 200 kilometers per day in that hot yeah. weather with no support yeah. sleeping under the bridge yeah. under the tree wherever you can find right. you are most of the days you are three days past your last shower vulnerability is the key to human connection but mm. india to germany the biggest lesson was uh, mm. language is not mm. a barrier for human connection What's happening humans? Welcome to the Blabberry with me Sai Sandesh Markham. I hope you all are having an amazing day and an amazing week so far. On today's episode, I have a conversation with Naresh Kumar. Naresh is an adventurer, a founder, a motivational speaker, an activist, a long-distance runner, a long-distance cyclist, a mountaineer who has made his life's mission to raise awareness and funds to end slavery and human trafficking. And he does all of this by going on solo and unsupported long-distance human-powered expeditions on his tandem bike. And I'm not talking about distance in hundreds of kilometers. I'm talking about distance in thousands of kilometers. In this episode, we talk about his childhood. We talk about why he started fighting for this cause and raising awareness for it. What changed him. And also, we're going to discuss in depth about his journey from India to Germany on his tandem bike and learn about all the countries that he's been to, all the people that he's met, all the stories that he has to tell. Oh, this this episode is filled with so much of kindness and compassion. I urge you to listen to the entire episode because this is this is one of the best conversations that I've ever had, which is filled with so much heart. Before we get into the episode, all I ask of you is if you like this podcast, please do take a screenshot, put it up on Instagram stories and tag me. My handle is Sai Sindesh Markham. And also go do check out my business page, Funka Badger, where we make customized badges and magnets and we make even one because that's how we roll. So um, before I forget, 27th February 2019 was when Naresh started his journey to Germany on his tandem bicycle and on 27th February 2020 is when I'm releasing this episode and this was not planned at all. So yeah, this is a very, very powerful way of universe telling me that I'm doing the right thing. So let's get into it. This is Naresh Kumar. Here we go. Hey, Santesh, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Naresh. Yes, I can definitely hear you. You can hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Thank you so much for doing this. Sorry for the trouble a little no bit. No worries, I understand. <laughs> How's your day? Uh, my day has been good. I've been uh, looking forward to this interview for a while now. Yeah. So I was very excited. Uh, so first of all, welcome to the Blackberry. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much for uh, accepting to do this. And I'm sure you have a great story to tell. Because uh, all that I've been doing is just researching about you and your wonderful adventure so you know i can't i can't wait to learn more about uh the adventure actually oh man i i really hope i and my stories <laughs> live up to that expectation but thank you so much for being patient with me i mean i was so terribly sick that's when you really um, i was yeah. really uh, feeling you know that communication uh-huh. is a gift when i was talking mm-hmm. non-stop for five minutes without coughing and mm-hmm. Day before yesterday, when I slept for a good eight hours without waking up with cough, uh-huh. I don't know. It's a small thing that makes your life so happy all of a sudden. 
Absolutely. So I, I, I'm, I, I guess you sound really good. So you must be really feeling better. Way better. And I didn't That's want to awesome. take a risk. So I'm still sitting here <laughs> with my Tomo flask with uh, hot water just oh. to <laughs> make sure that that doesn't get in my way. That's great. If you're ready, let's go. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, very humbling, very kind words. And yeah. um, I just hope I live up to that expectation. But yeah, let's <laughs> no, no, do it. De- definitely, you will. Definitely, you will. How's your day been so far? Good. Um, busy uh, for my next expedition. It comes with nice. its own challenges sometimes. The challenges are not uh-huh. from you or what you can do. But um, when a cause like this, you're working mm-hmm. with so many people. And no mm-hmm. matter how good the chefs are, too many chefs mm-hmm. in the kitchen always spoils <laughs> the dish. So absolutely I'm just, true. I'm just trying to cook up something that's edible at this point. We'll see. Wow. So let's start with your childhood. Sure. So is it uh, whatever that you're doing right now? Was it always connected uh, in the childhood, or was there something that actually built up to this thing? What you're doing right now? Um, definitely. You know, I was another. A child who grew up in very poor conditions in mm-hmm. uh, a suburb in South India, you know, born and raised there, uh, born mm-hmm. to a family where no one ever went to high school. Mom never mm-hmm. went to school, but they all mm-hmm. had big dreams that they thought escaping poverty, education is the only passport. And since they mm-hmm. didn't have it, they had mm-hmm. big dreams, just like all of us, you know, parents' dreams Absolutely. get fulfilled on child. But I don't mm-hmm. know, I think... I was definitely a bit different from the beginning. I was always the outlier. I was always the black sheep. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, when when you look at the travel channel or flip through some magazines, always mm. had this dream where I wanted to do something different, be mm. the big life character, you know, and also mm. do something bigger than you, live a life bigger than yourself kind of an attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But life had other plans where you know i mean it's living versus surviving you forget about living it's all about keeping your head above the waters and treading non-stop just so that you don't sink forget about swimming across the world (laughs) Uh, but yeah definitely whatever i am doing Mm -hmm. right now was like all like a culmination of all those childhood dreams that's amazing because uh, very few of us get to live it and to have something so deeply connected right from childhood it must feel important it must feel very very relieving right i mean yeah definitely both of that and also very uh fulfilling you know you really uh-huh. feel like you achieved something in life it's very uh-huh. relative achievement could be making millions of dollars owning a tesla with a beach house right. or it could be as simple as um you know being in a mountain of your dreams or eating a dessert that you always dreamt of, but you just got a chance to eat it. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a a very poor family, but also went to a a very small, tiny missionary school. Our our classes move along with the sun based on wherever the sun is. We sit below that tree and we study. And um, one time, you know, I still remember we had some South African missionaries who came Mm -hmm. to teach us English and to minister and uh, when they invited me for one of their Christmas party, again, mind mm. you, you know, you are living on one meal a day, yeah, wearing yeah. torn uniform for 
uh, to school and everyone is making fun of you. You know, usually right. when your shorts are torn, people fold up these papers as envelopes and they're posting it into your palm, torn okay. shorts. So okay. you, know, you kind of endure all that humiliation and everything, uh-huh. getting bullied, but also uh-huh. you know that you can't help it. And you, the only power you have is mm. to roll up your sleeves and put on the best fight possible with whatever you have. So stop giving excuses and fight no matter what. But um, uh-huh. yeah, this Christmas party, they invited me and uh-huh. I went there and you know, fabulous meal. I've never had anything like that. And uh-huh. then for dessert, they had this um, beautiful dessert. I took uh-huh. I took a one bite of it, and man, it was like the movie Ratatouille, where the chef eats that ratatouille uh-huh. and he gets a tunnel vision, right. goes back to his childhood days. I had a tunnel vision like that. I'm like, uh-huh. what is this delicious thing? Uh-huh. And um, my missionary friend, who was also my good teacher, English teacher, she uh-huh. said it's a very authentic uh, recipe. Uh, uh-huh. That came from Germany, which we all know. You know, it's the Black Forest uh, dessert, Ooh. the cake. Okay, okay. So it's an authentic. Uh, it's from. It originated in the southern Germany called uh-huh. uh, Felberg, uh-huh. and that's where the Black Forest region is. So you know the layer and layer of black yeah, and white yeah, yeah. you see on the cake. Yeah. So that's how the mountain ranges. When you sit from the top, you can see these layers and layers uh-huh. disappearing into the horizon, and uh, it's actually an alcoholic uh, dessert. They cook the mm-hmm. cake and they soak it in a cherry liqueur. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, had small bite and it was authentic. And uh, you won't believe, you know, after mm-hmm. they explained all this, that mm-hmm. day, I had a dream. I went wow. home and wrote my bucket list. Uh-huh. I want to sit on the highest summit of Black Forest, wherever that highest summit is. And mm-hmm. I want to eat the authentic Black Forest cake sitting at the highest point <laughs> of Black Forest in Germany. That's it. You know, and I how mean, old so, were you when this dream was dreamt? Um, 14, maybe wow. 15. Yeah, 14 wow. or 15. Mm-hmm. But fast forward 16 years later, <laughs> uh, after competing in a big race in France, uh-huh. um, it's called it's a 1200 kilometer unsupported bicycle race that happens only once every four years. It's called Paris plus Paris. Okay. Um, it was one of my bucket list races. So I did that. And while it was Oktoberfest, uh-huh. Everyone is getting slammed in Germany, right? Get drinking beer. Uh-huh. I was the only guy with a uh-huh. backpack making my way. I pretty much hitchhiked uh-huh. and bicycled the whole way to Felberg wow. and told the story to a beautiful baker. And she uh-huh. was an 80 year old German grandma. Okay. And I told her, give me the best cake you have. You know, I don't care how much it costs because uh-huh. I waited 15 years to have right. this black forest cake. Right. And hearing my story, she baked the best cake ever, uh-huh. packed it up nicely. And uh, being an ultra distance runner helped. So I was able to run up to the summit and uh-huh. I had the summit all to myself. Legs dangling from the summit, looking at this beautiful sunset, taking that wow. bite of the most authentic Black Forest cake. Wow. I don't know. It was like... It was like, you know, as if I won the Oscar or Nobel Prize or whatever you call it. Uh, my Cheers mouth to... is watering, so you, know, you <laughs> might as well won the Oscar there. Oh, oh my God. The, the, I, I mean, it was worth the wait, you know, having right. the next Black Forest that I had was sitting in Germany. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like that. I have so many more dreams like that. But it really humbles you. Gives you like, you know, okay, I did something. You know, I'm like, I'm living my life. That's great. 
That's great. So let's talk about the Freedom Seat right now, which yeah. is your, uh, I can say, which is an expedition that you have started uh, right. on a tandem bicycle. Right. It's a, uh, could, you, could you please, for the listeners, give a short summary of what exactly this is? When did you start it and why did you start this? So as my project, as my expedition name says, it's called Freedom Seat. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three main important needs for a human as we read in civics, right? Food, clothes, mm-hmm. and shelter. Yes. But um, much more bigger than these three items is uh, freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom is the highest form of living. You know, right. only animals get chained, only slaves get worked out. But it's sad that 40 million people currently in the whole world are enslaved one way or the other. In fact, we have more people in slavery than the mm-hmm. transatlantic uh, slavery days. So okay. that's the name Freedom Seat. And the whole goal and sole purpose of this expedition is to give freedom to these people. Mm. So it's an awareness campaign and also a fundraising campaign to help right. the victims of uh, human bonded labor slavery and uh, sex trafficking, be it women, children, men, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Why Tandem is... We all have friends who run marathons to fundraise, climb mountains to fundraise. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, why do you have to do something extremely physical to fundraise? Why can't you just sit in front of a computer and raise money? Mm. I Mm. think, you know, people really, they know what you're doing, but Mm. also the physical aspect of it inspires them that you're doing something that they can't do. Mm. And you don't have to put yourself in harm's way going through that dedication and training and eventually a lot of pain. Mm. But you do that just for one reason. So that when you do some extreme adventures like that, the Mm -hmm. why is the most important, Sandesh. And when the why comes from people, instead of you going and telling why I'm doing it, when people Mm. come and ask you why are you doing, it's a very Mm. powerful thing. Also, not everyone can run marathons and bicycle Mm. thousands of kilometers. But Mm. in this case, it's a very humble approach. Uh, we are talking about a huge problem like human trafficking, but right. not one man can solve, you know, not Absolutely. you and I and 10 other people. But yeah. we need the whole world to join hands and fight with you on mm. this thing. So all I see is when I see some people along my way, mm. opening someone's wallet is very easy, but opening someone's heart is mm. the most toughest thing. So in this case, when they ask me why am I alone, mm. why the seat is empty, I just mm. tell them, it's a big problem. And would you also join me in this fight for slavery? Amazing. And people just sit on the bike and pedal with you. But mm. it's not just pedaling with you, but they also push their limits for a good cause. Mm. And they also fundraise for you along the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, that becomes like, you know, a coalition with a lot of people all over the world to join you in this fight. So in one word, it's a, it's a mission to create more advocates to mm. join in this combat to end uh, a slavery. And mm. we accomplish that through riding a bicycle. So that's in short freedom seat for you. Amazing. That the story itself is so intriguing and the reason is very strong. And uh, what pulled you towards that particular reason? Is it something like a personal experience or is there something uh, deeply rooted why you chose this to fight for? Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes we need to experience, I mean, most mm-hmm. of us experience something that moves us towards saving the planet or saving right. a puppy dog or whatever. Right. But in this case, I was in Nepal doing a big expedition. Okay. And uh, after that, I was about to fly back to India. 
Okay. And looking at me in Tamil, a suburb of Kathmandu, a guy mm-hmm. kind of felt comfortable uh, talking to talking to me and looking at my big backpack and a National Geographic bandana and ice axe. Mm-hmm. He thought I must mm-hmm. be like a well-to-do guy. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said was, uh, "Hope you had a good time in Nepal. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're mm-hmm. looking for more fun, um, I can make arrangements." And initially, mm-hmm. I thought he must be offering some drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. But then he said, uh, "Tell me which hotel you are. Don't be shy. I know what you guys are here for, and uh, I can arrange how many of our girls you want for the night." And the plural way of saying "girls" kind of kills mm. you. You're like, "What do you mm. mean, girls?" And mm. everyone competes in the market for a customer, and uh, their way of competing is who has the youngest and the best-looking one. And mm. um, he was really bragging about how many. under 18 girls he has and i know uh, that i don't have to worry about it yeah. i just have to give them the room number they'll bring and uh, he even goes on to say it gets really gross they go yeah. on to say like you know even if you're two or three guys don't worry you can share one it's okay they can they can take care of wow. you guys so it gets really gross wow. yeah. and you're saying no no to the solicitation you're walking away and he's offering more deals like uh-huh. buy one get two free kind of oh. a deal and all that stuff okay so it kind of breaks your heart and mm. you it makes you really think you know how many people mm. are in this without given a choice i mean mm. they must be like lured into this mm. and reading more about it i don't know i couldn't sleep that night i was just thinking mm. i walked away saying no but somewhere yeah, someone yeah. is being exploited right now yeah and uh, reading more and more about it is when it's what led me to the statistics and mm. how many people are in slavery mm. so that's when i thought you know i mean the highest form of living is freedom and mm. uh, most of our worry is having the latest iphone or house or whatever yeah. but there are yeah. 40 million people all they yeah. want is to be a free man or a woman to just have the basic human thing you know freedom mm. so then i thought okay i'll use my skills uh, mm. especially the long distance extreme mm. adventures which mm. has always gotten me a stage to um speak because everyone mm. gets inspired with all your crazy adventures mm. so i thought okay i'm going to use this to i don't know be a voice for the people who don't have a voice and mm. gather a lot of people to fight for those who can't fight for themselves right and uh, the tandem bike again you know more mm. than just the cycling part yeah let's say we are raising money for water mm-hmm. i can show you what it is to not have water i can lock you <laughs> and starve you for no not giving you water mm. Mm. but you can't i'm like how do i explain what it is to not have freedom yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't want to lock them up in jail or torture them or whatever mm. so i wanted to make it in a very fun and adventurous way uh mm. let me ask you this question have you ever ridden a tandem bike sandeep no i've never have okay so this is what happens right if you sit in the back seat mm-hmm. so the terminology the guy in the front is called captain and okay. the person in the back is called stoker because okay. ideally he's just helping to stoke the bike to keep going right so if you sit in the back it's very it's kind of very different experience because you are not in control all of a sudden so people sit in the bike with me the bicycle and they mm. kind of get terrified they start moving and shaking and i could feel the bike shivering right i would just stop and look at them and say like why why are you shaking why mm. are you just not pedaling and they'll just say it's so easy for you to say because mm. i can't steer because sitting in the back you can't steer yeah. the handlebar is there but you're just holding yeah. on to it yeah and there are no brakes so they can't stop yeah. when they want to stop 
so they can't yeah. go where they want to go they can't stop yeah. when they want to stop and in this case they trust a random stranger like me and they are going with me and it's kind of right. terrifying so when they get terrified all i do is i just stop and i tell them there's a reason why you are scared and it's perfectly mm. fine you know it's a very common natural thing to happen but mm. all i want you to do is think about you can walk away from here but there are so many people who cannot walk away they mm. can't go where they want to go but mm. mostly they cannot stop what's the brutal thing that's happening to them and there's mm. no light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and this is what we are trying to give them so you kind of draw the metaphor a line yeah. of what it is to not have freedom but in a very yeah. f- adventurous way Absolutely. but for some people it's traumatizing you know especially in the traffic road yeah, when you yeah. are controlling they yeah. see the bus coming they see the pothole but they <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. do anything they just have to trust you because if you fall they fall absolutely right so you kind of give that thing and it kind of really goes deep into the heart and people mm. really understand the value of freedom and also the mm. plight of these people who don't have it mm. and um man i mean freedom seat i started in new zealand as yeah, an experiment yeah. uh-huh. thinking if it is going to work and trust uh-huh. me some days when i pitched this idea to uh-huh. my friends and my charity they laughed they are like oh my god not that we are <laughs> racist but You're a dark guy, tall, skinny, uh-huh. homeless looking with all the long beard and hair. Uh-huh. If you go and ask some someone, especially a girl, hey, would you like to join me on this mission? They're going to end up calling the cops on you. So don't <laughs> be doing this. Be careful. But, you know, okay. having traveled solo and supported on several crazy long distance missions, mm-hmm. I ended up having this insane amount of uh, faith in humanity. And I know mm-hmm. that they won't let me down. Mm-hmm. started with a very humble goal of raising $20,000 and I was at the top of New Zealand mm-hmm. and I I decided to ride the whole length of New Zealand and uh, 3,500 kilometers wow. when everyone was doubting even if one person will join me uh-huh. guess how many people rode the bike with me uh, 140 people oh my god the youngest was 4 and the oldest was 84 years old oh my and god and there's no media no nothing you know just a friend helping me right. to map my route and just right. me with one pair of clothes in the bag a tent a sleeping bag a couple of jars of peanut butter some print right. material that's right. it and just went on the road and in that uh 55 days that i was on the road right it will amaze you i didn't even spend a dollar for uh-huh. accommodation in that 55 days wow and i slept in some amazing hotels and amazing uh-huh. people's house and uh-huh. i was well taken care of people fed me took care of me uh-huh. and they they became one with the expedition it's not just one man you know the right. narrative changed from he's doing it to we are yes, doing right. it instead uh-huh. of like oh he's on an expedition it's not he's on an expedition yeah. it's like oh we are doing an expedition so people are speaking on your behalf fighting for right. this cause right and uh, even financially you know goal mm. of $20,000 mm. uh we ended up exceeding our goal three times mm. and uh more than more than $60,000 we raised and mm. uh my bicycle my tandem bicycle's mm. name is kindness okay and i had a website called uh-huh. freedomc.org okay. and uh i had a i had a gps on the bicycle okay. and there is a link on my website that mm-hmm. says where is kindness wow So if you click on it just like Uber you see your cab uh-huh. where it is yeah, you, yeah. people can see me every 30 seconds my live location uh-huh so once the newspaper and radio stations and everyone picked up the story 
Mm-hmm. It was extremely humbling. I would have families drive up to me with mm-hmm. their children saying, my children saw you and they want to be a part of it. Can they? I'm like, the wow. seat is empty. Take a seat. Let's go. Because you are encouraging teenagers to fight yeah. for another teenager who's stuck somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, schools, libraries, principals will come with a big van with 10 children. Mm. And they would tell other, you go and ride. We will go and do the fundraising for you. So it became <laughs> like a... It became like a massive mission. It wasn't anymore I. That's why I say yeah, we yeah. did it. Me and that yeah. 140 people helped me do it. So, Amazing. so yeah, that was my very first uh, Freedom Seat expedition. And in, this uh, was when? This was uh, 2017. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And the year prior to that, I ran the length of New Zealand. I was, <laughs> oh. Till this day, I'm the only Indian national to run a trail. It's called Teararoa the long uh-huh. pathway in uh-huh. the local language. So it's from the top to New Zealand, top to the bottom of New Zealand, uh-huh. uh, about 3000 kilometers in winter, uh-huh. just wearing a pair of sandals, carrying everything on my back. I ran Ooh. the whole length of New Zealand. So that oh, was wow. uh, the year before that. So yeah, hmm. pretty much every year um, since then has been one or the other expedition always for the same cause. Wow. So let, let's, let's talk about the big one, right? Uh, oh. <laughs> the one probably can say that freedom, put Freedom Seed on the map uh, even more than it was already. So Chennai to Hamburg, Germany, yeah. 8,646 kilometers, 13 countries, two continents, one tandem bicycle, one person accompanied with how many, I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that because... I wanted to say this for so long because it's so powerful and it's so powerful to even say it. So how, how did that happen and how did this go? Oh my God. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I mean, exactly last year, the same time last year, Uh I was sitting in Chennai with so much of confusion, Uh planning, preparation, you know, permissions, Pakistan visa document, uh-huh. all the tandem bike was such a struggle. Uh-huh. Um, you got to surround yourself by people, with people, you know, who can put these crazy dreams in your head. Right. Some of them, may, they may not be able to do it, but you may run out of dreams. You dream based on what you see and what you experience. That's yeah. all you know. Yeah. But there are some things that you don't even know, but some people know about it. And when they tell you those things, mm-hmm. it really opens up your eyes like, oh, really? Is there something like that? Mm-hmm. So following my New Zealand adventure, I was mm-hmm. speaking in a lot of Rotary clubs in India, mm-hmm. sharing the story. And one of the Rotary club, this elderly person, his name is Rajamani, one of the Rotarian. Mm-hmm. He called me and he said, um, why don't we do something big? Because we really believe in this cause. And mm. it's such a big problem in India, honored mm. labor slavery. Mm. So next year's convention is in, uh, the Rotary Convention. It's about 40,000 people that meet in a convention once a year. And mm. that convention was going to be in Germany. Mm. So they said, you know, just like uh, end polio now is what Rotary's mission was. Mm-hmm. They said, end slavery now is yours. Mm. We should somehow convince the Rotary International mm. to take up slavery and fight as a global cause, not just mm. like India, New Zealand, Thailand. Mm. And he said, why wouldn't, why don't we do something like this? And I don't know, you know, it's like the inception. Have you seen the movie Inception? Yeah, yeah. It's like all it takes is that dream, right? Yes. It's planting that one dream in your head mm. and it becomes so real that you put everything on the line mm. to make it happen. 
Yeah. And especially for a great cause. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, this, I thank this person for giving me this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, came here and then uh, started working on this uh, preparation and planning, mm-hmm. which was the most toughest part than riding the 8,646 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Uh, plan was to go overland the entire way from uh, India to Germany, mm-hmm. carrying the message of uh, ending slavery now. Mm -hmm. I uh, picked up my charity as the Released Bonded Labor Slavery Association in Mm -hmm. uh, Tamil Nadu. Mm -hmm. So it's an organization started by the slaves for Mm -hmm. the slaves. It's like democracy. Wow. They are like, you know, no one is going to come and help us. But we Uh got rescued and we know our people. We know how to save them. We know the kind of plight that they're going through. Uh And all they needed was a little bit of help from people, you know, in terms of helping them with the lawyers and police, uh, their data infrastructure, helping Uh them with the policies and procedures and getting them the grants from the country. So I thought, okay, you know, this is perfect to explain how big of a problem it is here. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, again, everyone was really worried, especially my parents, Mm -hmm. because, you know, some of the countries that I was going to cross borders Mm -hmm. is not doing great on the media, you know, in terms of bomb blasts, uh, beheading and all this kind of stuff. Yes. But um, again, you know, you got to have trust and faith in humanity, Mm -hmm. which I have experienced a lot, especially after New Zealand, Australia and everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, against everyone's um, advice, Mm -hmm. I put it aside, started working on this preparation and uh, on the February 27, Mm -hmm. um, last year this time, Mm -hmm. I picked up a tandem bike again, named kindness mm-hmm. and um, flagged off at my university and uh, mm-hmm. set out on this journey, which I didn't even know at that time how long it was going to take. All I knew was wow. I was going northwest all the way to uh, Hamburg, Germany. Wow. And um, I don't know, 80, 86 most beautiful days of my life, I would say. Wow. It was phenomenal. I mean... At least in New Zealand, I had the gift of communication. I could speak uh-huh. in English and I could convince someone about why I'm doing what I'm doing, who I am, where yeah. I'm coming from. But here, the biggest lesson, I think the lesson earlier I learned was um, uh, vulnerability is the key to human mm-hmm. connection. Sandesh. That's all you need because that is something you cannot fake. And no mm-hmm. one, I mean, there are people who take advantage of vulnerable people. But that's yeah. a very, very small population. But most of them, if you are vulnerable, there are always people who help you. But also they yeah. make themselves vulnerable and open their doors for you. And that's how I stayed for 55 days in so many random people's house. Mm. They don't even know who they, who they are. This one guy mm. saw me and he was going the opposite way. Mm. He saw my seat empty and his kids pointed out that. And he mm. genuinely thought my girlfriend fell off the bicycle. That's why <laughs> I'm riding all alone. Uh-huh. And he pulled over just to warn me. And I told him what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I just couldn't believe what he did next. So he's going the opposite way. He mm-hmm. takes my hand. And mm-hmm. in the palm of my hand, he writes mm-hmm. a security code. Mm-hmm. And he says, he gives the direction to his house. And he says, mm-hmm. that's my house. This is a security code. Punch mm-hmm. it in. You will go inside. Mm. Use the shower. There is a bedroom on the left-hand side. Make yourself comfortable. Mm. By the way, what kind of pizza you like and what kind of beer you like? That's the first question Mm. he asked. (laughs) 
then i'm like wow the guy not only gave me his house <laughs> he is he is taking my order for food and beer <laughs> on the road but imagine <laughs> the amount of trust giving a stranger at yeah. the house address and saying go and you know that level of vulnerability because you can't fake vulnerability especially in my case right yeah. having bicycling 150 200 kilometers per day in that hot yeah. weather with no support yeah. sleeping under the bridge yeah. under the tree wherever you can find right. you are most of the days you are three days past your last shower and wow. you would think people would think you are like a homeless guy or some guy uh-huh. on drugs but instead they would make themselves vulnerable and open their doors for you so yeah. that's what i learned you know that vulnerability is the key to human connection but mm. india to germany the biggest lesson was uh mm. language is not mm. a barrier for human connection amazing amazing you know a lot of people when we go to germany or any country mm. where we don't speak the language that's the mm. one thing we get terrified of people always say oh my mm. god you can't even speak that language you can't even mm. read write that language how are you going to do what are you even going to do because that is the most basic but mm. um the india to germany trip taught me that one lesson you know language is not a barrier i mean Iranians Persian hospitality Turkish people mm. Bulgaria mm. Serbia I spent mm. days with a family not speaking a single word we couldn't understand mm. each other mm. but they are my closest family they took care of me they hand washed mm. my clothes fed mm. me um took the most amazing care of me and made sure that at the best time and before sending mm. me off and it's a shame mm. that I don't even know their name you know because we couldn't even communicate <laughs> but yeah. you spend like 18 hours to 48 hours under mm. the roof but we you share that really good awkward but very comfortable silence you don't have to keep mm. talking but they are so comfortable with a presence of another human being in their presence mm. and mm. people going above and beyond you know um we have this uh, sanskrit thing right atithi devo bhava strangers are yes. gods yes but man people outside they mm-hmm. really live that they they sh- totally live that philosophy and uh-huh. risking their own life making uh-huh. sure that the guy who's on a bicycle who knows what he is doing but they yeah. want to be a part of what we are doing even if they don't yeah. understand take care of you i've had people who gave up their bed and slept on the floor making sure that i slept good on their bed wow some of them went hungry giving me all the food that they had maybe mm. they ate very little and went half stomach empty but mm. yeah you just accepted with kindness i mean i was yeah. able to do india to germany i'm i uh-huh. may have been solo and unsupported but i was mm-hmm. supported by 180 cyclists who cycled with me from 18 mm-hmm. different countries and mm-hmm. thousands of people who gave me mm. anywhere from a glass of cold water to hot tea mm. to clothing mm. me to hand washing my clothes to giving me a bed to sleep they are the people mm. who helped me to finish this uh, epic epic expedition but also helped to fundraise to set people mm-hmm. uh free from slavery from extremely tough bonded yeah. labor conditions that is so amazing to listen to this th- there is so much about the world that we don't know exactly and, uh, i think the first thing that comes to my mind when i say we don't know about the outside world is how kind and how nice people are actually are yeah 
irrespective of what the media or whatever whoever shows who they are right absolutely i mean uh, for example iran right for for mm. good reasons people always get terrified of that country because all they hear is bad news about that country mm. but mm. um you know that 86 days i was on the road i spent mm. 18 days that's how long it took to bicycle 2200 kilometers of iran mm. one mm. of the longest biggest stretch of this entire expedition but mm. of this 86 of course this 86 days was the most beautiful but mm. that 18 days spent in iran took the cream of the cake wow i mean uh, they i think they really showed me what it is to be a human what it is mm. i mean they look at you and they are like he's my species i'm going to take care mm. of him i think it's my. in their philosophy where I was yeah. asking this person who was speaking good English asking mm. why everyone is running towards you not expecting mm. anything not trying to rip mm. you off but want to help you even a 2 year old child 3 year old child is seeing you running into the house and bring where does this attitude come from and they mm. say you know in their philosophy they believe mm. that um god is like you know it's like atithi mm. devo bhava but it's more mm. like guests or strangers are the mm. most precious jewel gift of god mm. so it's like god knocking on your door and saying hey sandesh uh, i'm god mm. and this is my guest mm. as long as he's here i want you to take good care of him like how you would treat me i want you to treat him like that mm. and people mm. totally take it to their heart and like i said you know 18 days man the toughest part of that adventure especially mm. iran was mm. having to say goodbye to these people the next day wow i mean they have gone already above and beyond saving me from snowstorms and rains and mm. thunder and lightning from mm. hunger from starvation from these winds and you know i would, i woke up one of this day and i see all my bags and my stuff is missing mm. and i'm like i woke up pretty late because i had a really terrible day before that Mm. and then uh i asked this lady like you know i'm sorry but you know i'm about to take off where's my mm. stuff so she saw how dirty were my clothes were because i haven't washed any of my clothes in like mm. a week mm. and she didn't know if it was uh wash uh machine friendly so mm. she hand washed all my clothes from this wow i wouldn't touch my clothes it was that <laughs> dirty and filthy covered in mud uh-huh. sweat blood and tears but uh. this person hand washed all my clothes and she used that as an excuse to force feed me for one more day and fatten me uh-huh. up she's like uh-huh. anyway your clothes are not going to get dry another 12 uh-huh. hours so sit here for one more day the weather uh-huh. is bad you can go tomorrow and uh-huh. then you know when you say goodbye to them your tears are rolling down your cheeks you know it's like yeah what did i do to deserve this kindness I should yeah. have been under a tree hungry starving in cold weather but I had the best food and the nice bed to sleep and after you say goodbye to this family and I would go and I uh-huh. I found this bag was and my bicycle is usually heavy after 5 kilometers I just wanted to dump some water or whatever just to lighten up the bicycle I mm. opened up my bag to see so much of food lunch dinner mm. snacks apples almonds everything packed and all hiding mm. under the bag and my clothes on top because they know that I would take it out otherwise yeah yeah like that's what mom does you know when you go somewhere yeah. she makes sure when you're going on a train she packs everything for you but yeah. um families who treated me with that love and affection 
it's just mind blowing i mean i still don't know how people can exist but you're right you know that's all mm. we need we need to yeah that's all you need to take care of each other you have to just be kind yeah. to one another yeah and i was talking on this forum and people said oh it doesn't happen in india it happens everywhere else oh no but even mm. in india when i was crossing india you know the yeah naril paniwala on the side of the road mm. not a mm. single person took money from me it was hottest time Amazing. of the year i was crossing mm. they would not just give me water but they would go take all the water bottles from my bicycle fill mm. it up with coconut water and when i offer mm. them money they would just come and give a big tight hug and they would say mm. we don't have much to offer but this is the least we can give you for yeah. helping people so yeah. go you know we'll be praying for you and they just yeah. come and give a tight hug and you accept say hold your hands together humbly thank them for the offer and yeah. you go so i always tell people you know the simple yeah. example to prove yeah. that kindness exists is i would tell my audience try riding a motorcycle in mm. india with the mm. side stand on mm. yeah <laughs> you would have five people at least <laughs> chasing you down to yeah. tell you that the side stand is on yeah. no one ever thinks yeah. oh who cares i yeah. just don't care they'll make sure that because they really care for you that they don't want you to topple and fall down and break yourself mm. and the same mm. thing if you find a guy on a motorcycle falling down you'll see how many people stop Absolutely. and make sure they help so that is an act of kindness from a random yeah. stranger who doesn't know you so kindness yeah. inherently exists in each and every one of us i think it's just an active um, uh, way of practicing to keep that mm. going no matter just for strangers but in our everyday life we just have to make sure that people around us are taken care of in any tiny way but uh, yeah huge lesson learned in that adventure <clears throat> together journey that is that, that is such a wonderful journey and adventure right it almost makes me feel like i want to be that i want to experience all these things and yeah and 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 having and having to learn that you couldn't even speak to few people but still they took care of you as their own family that's deep it's it's really deep rooted i think the fight that you are fighting for whatever that you're doing this for i think along the way that's what's been helping you right i mean absolutely everything. absolutely i mean you know i mean again the most poor people are the most uh, generous yes the most generous people and uh, again you know even as i'm talking i'm like tearing up thinking about yeah. the stories whenever i get forum to share these stories mm. Um, mm. i've never shown pictures my all my presentation has been these faces on the screen you know mm. that i showcase of course all these countries that i went through are some of the stunning scenery beautiful beautiful country but mm. what stays in your heart you know i mean scenery and everything vanishes eventually but mm. stories like these you know are so deep rooted and uh, personally it changes you as a person and uh, as a human you just go back to your fundamentals why am i living you know what is life is all about mm. and even in the very finite time that you have in the existence of this universe mm. have i been useful have i done something yeah. good besides living a life you know happy mm. and fulfilling life have i lived mm. a life bigger than myself even if like even if it's like one person and yeah. again practicing kindness and gratitude is easy you know it's as good as even if you go to a restaurant yeah. just saying thank you it could yes. be in the family you know i i yes. came home now and mom made me my favorite curry i just mm. looked at her 
held her mm. hand and I said, "Mom, this is delicious. Thank you." Mm. And she was like, "You don't have to say thank you to family." I'm like, "No, of course mm. I have to." Mm. And she, you mm. can see that gratitude. You know, it's like, "Oh my God, yeah. this is so good to be." Who doesn't like to be appreciated, even if it's your own mom and dad? Exactly. exactly. I, I tell, I, I speak to children a lot in schools. Mm. I'll tell them, you know, you don't have to go out and uh, above and beyond to do this. I'll just mm. tell them one day in a week. Offer to mm. help your mom to do the dishes mm. and mm. see what happens. Mm. And some of the parents has come and told me, like, what did you tell them? Because mm. I see this massive change. They haven't done anything. It's not like they are giving money mm. or whatever. But even mm. telling them, mom, you cooked my food today. Just sit down. Mm. We are going to do the dishes. You uh, you mm. worked a lot. And the mom was crying and saying, you know, like that really brought a tear to my eyes because my child really cares for me. So the gratitude is sometimes very simple, you know. Mm. Sometimes it's as simple as offering water to a stranger, mm. or mm. asking with a big smile, "How are you?" to that security or the lift operator. It totally yeah. makes their day. So, yes, happiness is cheap, and being kind is even cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think, that is one of the best quotes that I've heard this year, at least. <laughs> I want to ask you some things about the journey. I mean, yeah. I, you've already told me, but. I want to know what's, what was the most terrifying thing about the trip that you thought, like you really, really pardon my language, but shit your pants. Mm, because you know, I mean, um, from the moment when the flag off uh -huh. happened, that's when the realization really set in. I mean, uh -huh. come on, you know, let's say you're going to Germany, even at the airport, you see people with two suitcases. They would be just going for two weeks. And until uh -huh. you land in Germany, your family wouldn't be sleeping. They are like, did the flight land? Are you okay? Did uh -huh. you check in? Where are you going? And yeah. here you are with your friends and family just looking at you like, oh my God, this guy <laughs> is really crazy. And it's not like you're just going to bicycle one or two days. But uh -huh. who knows? It's going to take maybe 80 days, 90 days. Who knows how long it's going to take? And they are uh -huh. like, while we sleep, eat and go on with our life, all he's uh -huh. going to do is bicycle nearly 9,000 kilometers across the continent, yeah. crossing yeah. countries where they don't speak the language. So that realization set in as uh -huh. soon as I took the first few strokes with uh, my professor. And then uh -huh. you're like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm, I'm, it really sets in. Like, I'm like, I'm really going to Germany. <laughs> and I'm in India at the moment. But um, I think that really put that fear. Again, uh -huh. it's also the hopes and dreams of so many people who are believing in you, your sponsors. And there are so many children and so many teenage boys who are looking at you as like a role model that you're uh -huh. doing something that they can't do. And that's a big right. treasure to perform. You know, you don't want them because you failing them, you failing is you letting them fail. You're like, okay, maybe it's okay yeah. to fail by giving up and walking away. So I didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, besides that, you know, uh, I didn't know what I didn't know uh, mm. when I went on this adventure. And uh, mm. I studied, uh, you can do a lot of preparation and planning, study the weather forecast mm. of the last 10 years, carry mm. all the gears, but there are a mm. lot of uncontrollables, things that you have no idea that could even happen to you. But mm. uh, one, of the, one of the worst thing was definitely the weather. Uh, mm -hmm. It was supposed to be beautiful summer weather the entire way. But, mm -hmm. uh, man, I never expected to be at the summit of this big mountain in Turkey 
And this pass mm. was covered in 40 feet of snow when I was going wow. through. And wow. exactly last year, same time, it mm. was completely black, one of the hottest day, exactly the same mm. time. And when mm. I was going through, you almost get scared for your life because mm. you are out there in the middle of nowhere, rain beating you down, crosswinds, mm. and on top of this snow, uh, you are thirsty, but you reach for your bottle and all mm. you feel is a rock solid ice because the bottle wow. is completely frozen. Yeah. I'm kind of itchy, so I'm scratching my beard, but all I feel is icicles all over yeah. my beard. Wow. So you're hungry, starving, uh, snow beating you down, negative 15 degrees. Mm. And all you're doing is crawled up under a tree, hoping something mm. will happen to just get you out of the situation you know hope and best hope the best would happen and mm. you live another day to go mm. uh, yeah there were like a couple of moments like that when you're just praying like god i'll come to church every day please let me escape <laughs> this one thing mm. but um god definitely god sent his help in a human form mm. through people mm. who didn't even speak the language who all mm. they do is come and do a sign language and Mm. first thing they do is point at the house and they just take mm. you that's nice. when you know you're sleeping in their bed and you hear mm. listen to this storm outside thinking mm. you know wow i must be under that under that tree it was mm. such so windy um mm. i thought that night i was gonna fly away because the wow. wind was ripping so mm. i pretty much t uh, sat diagonally across my tent so that the mm. tent will fly away. The stakes, I hit the stakes so deep that I thought I'll never be able to take the tent off. And the tent, mm. the whole tent is like getting lifted on at least like 160, 180 kilometers per hour wind. My God. And you're sitting in this tent, everything is cold, your electronics is dying. Mm. And all you hope is, oh my God, I just don't want to fly away. I just want mm. one more day. So yeah. that day and uh, that uh, crazy cold winter day, weather was one mm. of the biggest challenge. But uh, in all these cases, um, mm. lot kind people came and helped to yeah. live another day to tell the story. Amazing. How did you keep your mental strength and mindset strong and focused to do this? Because it's easy when a person does these things to quit because that seems like a more viable mm. option. But what did you do? You need to figure out the why, I guess. The why has to mm. be the most strong point in doing all this. So in this case, right. for example, I blew mm. up my savings. Some sponsors came and helped, but uh, left mm. a high paying job on the road doing mm. this extreme adventure. But all mm. said and done, crossing the finish line, it's not like I won a contract or sponsorship or millions of dollars. Mm. Going through mm. this cold and rain, hunger, starvation, experiencing crazy, crazy environment. Mm. And all these things, mm. what kept me going was my why, because my why was very strong. Mm. And if your why is mm. strong, your what, when, mm. where, and how will always follow you. But you always have to figure out your why. Correct. In this case, the why is I always get taken to that one encounter in Nepal or the millions wow. of case studies. And I work with a lot of charities and charity mm -hmm. organization that does a lot of rescue work. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I have to go through some of the CCTV footages as an evidence to present in the mm -hmm. court. 
And it really mm-hmm. breaks your heart when you see those CCTV footages where a child is getting exploited by this grown-ass man or woman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you just think about it, right? So in all my pain, I just go back mm-hmm. to like, this is nothing. There is someone mm-hmm. somewhere locked up, being raped mm-hmm. or being beaten up, being worked to death mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm-hmm. So compared mm-hmm. to all that pain and suffering, whatever I'm going mm-hmm. through is nothing. And uh, mental toughness is the most um, toughest part to build as well. Physically, anyone can train. They can go to the gym and build a six packs. It's no big deal. But uh, expeditions yeah. like this, I think I would say it's 95, 98% is all mm. mental. You need to know nice. why you're doing it in the first place. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, moments like this, it makes you dig so deep, Sandesh. I mean, man... You'll end up digging so deep within yourself that you'll end up finding something about yourself that you never thought yeah. existed. And uh, wow. I think that's where the learning and growth comes, you know, doing things mm. that you've never done before. You are mm. not going to learn anything by sitting in 12th standard for the next 12 years. It's the same old thing, right? <laughs> yes. So you've got to learn yes. more and more. That's the only way. I think people kind of forget it. Once they hit mm-hmm. a saturation point, they expect some magic yeah. to happen by not learning mm. something new. But in mm. uh, sports like this, or even in life, when you attempt mm. something that you've never done before, it's a learning and growth. Of course, failure is inevitable because no one ever learned to bicycle on the very first try. But as Absolutely. a child... We felt so many times falling off the bicycle, but none of us yeah. threw the bicycle on the road and said, I'm never like, we wipe Absolutely. off that dust. We put a bandit to our knees, sit on the bicycle yeah. again and give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All, all these life lessons that we learn as children, I mm. think as an adult or when we grow old, I think we really mm. forget about uh, mm. all these mm. lessons. And I don't know, we stopped embracing failure as a civilization mm. and society as if failure is a very bad and terrible thing. Mm. But we have also turned into such a hypocrite that yeah. we will not accept failure, but we will always accept heroes who has gone <laughs> up to the summit because of their failure. Like, yeah. you know, take, for example, Facebook, Google, everyone failed. They didn't even pass yeah. high school. Yeah. They are the biggest losers. But yeah. That failure is what got them to where they are today. Absolutely. So uh, I think, you know, preparing and being that mental toughness is important. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is, again, like, you know, being a pessimist uh, keeps you alive. In my case, yeah, pessimism mm-hmm. is a very, very good thing. I think everyone says, be positive. You've got to be optimist. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. Mm. In this kind of sport where extreme endurance or even in life, you know, where the battle is going on for a long time, you cannot be optimist because optimism will kill you because you're always hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pessimist and I'm glad to say I'm a pessimist because I'm preparing and getting myself ready for the worst. And that saves me, you know, I'm like, okay, this happens, what I'm going to do, it is going to happen or not happen. I don't care. But when the mm. worst hits me, when the shit hits the fan, what I'm going to do mm. is what is going to keep me alive. Yeah. You know, so when the, when I'm go, yeah, of course, it's my hope and wish to be positive and expect the blue skies and butterflies <laughs> every day. Yeah. But yeah. also, I know that's not going to happen. So when things like Absolutely. these happen, I, I was really prepared, you know, in terms of I was never going to die. I was prepared for, yeah. to face yeah. the situation, whatever was ahead of me. But all said and done, 
your why mm. got to be important you need to figure out yeah. a why and yeah. that's what will yeah. give you a purpose to wake up every single day no matter what mm. from that tent when mm. you unzip that tent when you see when you put mm. your hand out it's so mm. freezing you can't even drink water everything is cold you got to mm. dig in so deep and find that something to pack that tent and keep going mm. and that why is that fire inside you that will keep you going that that's crazy <laughs> thank you so much that is that is so good um, so what's what's the uh, next uh expedition look like can you give us any details or uh, yeah absolutely um so when i finished in germany um i uh-huh. met a lot of uh, foreign delegates because of the uh-huh. 30000 delegates who attended the convention they pretty right. much every 99.9% of them flew from their country but i was the only attendee who rode uh-huh. a bicycle from his home country 8000 kilometers to attend the conference so that gave me a big stage to share the why part of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, get the global people's attention on this cause of human slavery not just in india but even in their own country how they can help and how we can fight together so um i got Correct. an invitation from uh, a rotary group uh, who's mm-hmm. mainly focused towards slavery eradicating slavery and they said mm-hmm. why don't we do something like this in america because it's also one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, sex trafficking human trafficking area because right. it's one of the richest right. country where poor people like get yeah. exploited so yeah. um hopefully uh planning is in progress but if all mm-hmm. goes well i will be starting a freedom seat usa where i will be riding a tandem bicycle mm-hmm. again named kindness from california mm-hmm. all the way to uh washington dc it's about um uh, 5500 miles Wow. the total distance that's going to be and wow. uh, sorry 3500 miles and okay. um i'll be going through at least uh, 12 to 15 different states uh-huh um again making a one simple humble request for people yeah. to join me and pedal with me that's it yeah absolutely i'm i'm sure i'm sure people are more excited right now and uh, maybe now uh, people are going to start this uh, take this more seriously as they see or hear stories from people like you trying to do these kind of things and you know you you guys are the real human heroes i mean that's what you you are trying to send a message by not just sitting down putting a camera in your face or anything you you're doing it and that is so inspiring and thank you so much for doing this yeah i mean you know even to all the listeners yeah. um my one of my biggest lesson i learned is you got to mm. leave somewhere to go somewhere end of story absolutely you can't absolutely. just be sitting in one place and mm. expecting the world or expecting everything to happen it could be like yeah. a job that you hate you can't just be sitting and doing the same thing expecting to be somewhere mm. else so yeah. again the in all this thing i'm able to mm-hmm. do whatever i'm doing and getting my dreams fulfilled but also in a very mm-hmm. humble way i'm able to help people because you got to leave somewhere to go somewhere and that leaving somewhere is the toughest part in this that's what Absolutely. people are not ready to do because trust me everything that i'm doing it doesn't uh-huh. take superhuman efforts to do it it just takes dedication and training and a little bit of sacrifice but Correct. all this started because i decided to let go of my comfort zone 
I was a very successful engineer working in San Francisco, you know, mm -hmm. Palo Alto, California, working in Silicon wow. Valley for some of these best top companies. But okay. yeah, I mean, it, you know, I needed that job and money to take care of my family, mortgage and everything. But right. deep inside, I knew what exactly I wanted, you know, it could be sitting in that mountain and eating my black forest cake or sitting on yeah. top of that Yosemite National Park on top of Half Dome just because <laughs> I saw that mountain in a torn news, new, uh, uh, National Geographic magazine in a used right. paper mart. So right. all this would not have happened <coughs> if I was just sitting in Silicon Valley working myself to death. But Absolutely. also letting go of that and walking away was so hard because, you know, American visas are not that easy to come by, especially yeah, yeah, a work visa. Yeah. Millions yeah, of yeah. people are waiting in line to get one visa. But yeah. if I if I decide to pursue my dream and go after my dream, which mm -hmm. means I have to leave somewhere, which means I have to leave USA, which yeah. means my visa is going to be gone. It's expired if I leave the country. And you know right. what? I'm happy because I would rather do that than right. be sitting there living in regret one day with a, maybe a beach-facing house and a blonde girl mm. next to me thinking, mm. what mm. life would have been if only oh, I had gone wow. and done this, right? But right. Um, but again, that leaving somewhere, you got to leave somewhere to go somewhere. But yeah. the very same people, I, I speak as a motivational speaker to so many people. Mm -hmm. Every one of them have dreams and goals. Every That's single so one of them, right? Mm. But will they are they ready to give up where they are to go after what they want no one Correct. will do that because they still want the comfort of their house and the uh, comfort of the food and the relatives <laughs> and everyone around but Correct. again um being a long distance runner you know people again ask this simple yeah. question i want to train where do you mm -hmm. want me to start what distance should i run 5k 10k and mm -hmm. uh, you would be surprised i tell them the uh -huh. toughest distance, I'll ask you that question. You know, what is the toughest distance to train when you uh -huh. just start running? The uh, toughest no. distance, the uh -huh. toughest distance is the distance from your bed to your door. Yeah. Oh God, I was just about to say that. <laughs> you conquer that yeah. few feet or meters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is done. But yeah. that's they where say, people they say fail. the same thing about even working out, even going to the gym. That's the toughest distance, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So whatever the listeners' dreams and goals are, there's mm -hmm. no shortcut to any of this, you know. You gotta mm -hmm. really have a very strong why and you gotta mm -hmm. leave somewhere to go somewhere. Just have a little bit of faith in yourself, mm -hmm. faith in God and mm -hmm. and just a little bit of faith in humanity. And it's like Paul yeah. Coelho's book in Alchemist, you know, mm -hmm. if you really wish for something <coughs> desperately Mm -hmm. the universe will conspire and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. It always does. And I think uh, my life and my adventures is a very living proof to, to that. That's amazing. That is so good. Thank you so much for this. Uh, I've learned so much from your story just this one hour. I cannot wait to meet you one day. Uh, Likewise, Sandesh. Really yeah, appreciate your kind words. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I just have the small one ender of the show. Sure. Uh, I ask every guest of mine. So I have something called as the human to do list. And uh, it is basically a certain thing, an activity uh, an individual has to do 
mm. uh, every day or every week or every month to make themselves a little better than they were yesterday. So what would be your one activity? What would you prescribe someone to do? Um, again, kindness is always my core team. Okay. So I would challenge the listeners. Uh -huh. I wouldn't even say every day. Let's start small. Uh -huh. Do one act of random act of kindness to uh -huh. one person uh -huh. once a week. A total random stranger. It could be a person right. in front of you buying mm. him a coffee. Or if you're going through a toll, it could be a person behind you. Pay for mm. his toll. It mm. could be someone at your work. Or mm. it could be at your workplace. It could be that security who's telling you, hello, good night every day. Mm. Buy him a candy bar. Just mm. a total random act of kindness towards mm. a stranger. Mm. Yeah. Try, try doing that and see that you know you you just make their day they would mm. they would feel so mm. amazing but mm. in doing that one act of random act of kindness what mm. you're doing is creating an avalanche effect that mm. one person is not going to be quiet not only mm. you make his day but you're going to mm. encourage that person to be kind to another person absolutely so one total random act of kindness to a mm. total stranger mm. just it's i know it's very tough to do it because mm -hmm. talking to stranger you got to make mm. yourself really vulnerable but mm -hmm. like i said vulnerability is the key to human connection Absolutely. but just do that and see that big smile on their face mm. or the surprise mm. look that you give <laughs> and um yeah and it's just pure magic so just one act of kindness random act of kindness to a total yeah. stranger I yeah. challenge uh, listeners to do that. Yeah, wow! I'll take I'll take the challenge upon myself as well. <laughs> I would love to hear uh, yeah, what yeah. you do in uh, the next one week. I would love to hear that. I want. I, I so badly want to do this because uh, you know what? I, I feel really guilty about this. Uh, the last week on uh, Friday and Saturday, I was in Mumbai with my father. Mm. Okay. Uh, we were outside the lodge and uh, we were waiting for uh, someone to come pick us up. Mm. Uh, uh, my father's colleague and I was, I'm, I'm a big foodie so there was this very nice hotel right next to it so I was just taking photos of this nice chicken grills uh -huh. and everything yeah. so one guy just came up to me and he asked me for a cup of tea right. and uh, he asked my father and then he asked me and I, I, was, I was feeling very uncomfortable I don't know why because I usually don't be this way but right. I was I just, I just ignored the guy I just continued with my work and he kept on asking me and I just was doing it. And the lodge watchman, right? Uh -huh. So he saw that this guy was pestering me. And he came and he asked him, what do you want? He said, uh, no, I was just asking for a cup of tea. And yeah. he said, okay, fine. You come, I'll buy you one. Wow. And immediately, oh. immediately, I was hit. Yeah. Hit. I imagine. I know I, that feeling. Yeah. I was, I was like, Why? Did yeah. that guy really come to you and show you your place on earth? Mm -hmm. And right. I felt, I felt so disgusted with myself. And I was thinking I was the same person, right? right. I, I was this person who rejected this guy's request right. for a beverage. Yeah. And then somebody else comes and tells, they did not look at me in a disgusting way that, exactly. you know, this guy's cheap. 
that guy yeah. just said i will i will give you a cup yeah. of tea they took Please an come. opportunity to help they took an opportunity yeah. and and you know what uh, naresh the universe is so right about this making this podcast today and having that experience happening just past week uh, i think i'm not going to take that particular challenge lightly i'm going to do that very much uh, in full strength because at least listening to this story i think the listeners should think that we all go that way we all choose that rejection sometimes right. but you know and, and and sometimes it's not good sometimes it's okay sometimes it's feels fulfilling that you, you think that that guy should have done something to earn his tea but yeah. um, like you said pay somebody stole give somebody a chocolate i mean that's that's crazy that's that's really good thank you so much i yeah. i <laughs> I'm, I'm happy I could relive my uh, Dumbo moment. <laughs> oh, we, I mean, it's it's all about realization, right? As long yeah, as we yeah. learn and grow from our experiences, the yeah. only thing is, you know, especially when we help someone yeah. below, you know, who's in the underside of advantage. The other yeah. thing that I learned is um, when you help them, it shouldn't be like that you're de- treating as a charity, you know. Yeah, yeah. It should yeah. be like you know, as if you are helping out a friend. So uh, again, my lessons that I learned on the open road, mm. definitely I would say made me a little better person than that I am. Mm. So I was in Germany and I was about to buy this coffee and there was this person before me, a lady, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was counting her coins and uh, mm-hmm. she wanted a coffee, but I think she was, she had less than a quarter or something. Mm-hmm. She was short of a quarter to buy the coffee. So mm-hmm. she was holding up the line. Then she said, no, it's okay. Thank you. And she walks away. Mm-hmm. I go there and the barista is like, sorry for holding the line. I mm. didn't know she wanted something, but I didn't think she had the money. Then I mm. said, like, what did she even want it? And mm. I got that coffee and I got myself a coffee and mm-hmm. I went out. But again, mm-hmm. you don't want to, because I know that if I just go and give a coffee to her, yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. more like she's begging and someone just treating yeah. her as a charity case. Yeah, yeah. So standing with my tandem bike, I was standing mm-hmm. next to her, pretending mm-hmm. like looking back and forth. Then uh, I just just told this very loud, you know, I'm like, damn it. My friend just stood me up again. Mm. And she's like, mm-hmm. everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing this big adventure. And my friend was mm-hmm. going to cycle with me, but she's stuck in traffic. I mm-hmm. got her a coffee, but now mm-hmm. I, she's not going to show up. Then immediately mm-hmm. I looked at her and like, if you don't mind, you know, would you like to have mm-hmm. this coffee with me? Mm-hmm. And then she was like, Oh, are you sure she's not going to come anymore? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. I hate to waste this and I don't want mm-hmm. to get over-caffeinated. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, I would love for you to join me and have mm-hmm. this coffee with me. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting on the side of the road, you know, mm-hmm. on the stairs mm-hmm. with my cycle next to me and we just said cheers and we drank the coffee. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she didn't feel like she was being as a ch- treated as a charity that mm-hmm. someone just took pity on her and bought her a coffee, but it was more like, treated equal and give her coffee. And then I'm Correct. like, you know, I, I was like, please don't even thank me because thank mm-hmm. you for not wasting this coffee because I would have thrown it otherwise. Absolutely. So, you know, and again, um, along with this act of kindness, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, I think what we lack is communication. Uh, right. right. People are so desperate and it shows evidently in terms of, mm the suicide and mental health problem that everyone mm. is having these days. Mm. And you'll be wondering, we are so connected. How is this even happening? Yeah. But what yeah. we don't understand is 
we are so connected, but yet we are the most disconnected generation. <laughs> and in all my travel, I asked these two questions. That's again a challenge for you and also the listeners. Mm-hmm. If anyone you meet, right, don't ask them anything else. All you have to ask them is, who are you and mm. what's your story? And what's your story? That is the key question. Mm. Mm. In all my travels, in people when they cycle with me in the backseat, mm. this is all I ask them. What's your story? Mm. No one ever gives me the resume. Resume mm. is where you put all the flash stuff about yourself. Mm. Sometimes you mm. fake it. Mm. Mm. But when you ask what's your story, right. people go to the root of who they are, what yeah. made them the person that they are. Yeah. I mean, for example, you didn't get to where you are today magically, right? Absolutely. You went through so many adversities, challenges, yeah. hardships, yeah. shed tears, shed blood, so many things that made the Sundays that you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you sit with the people and ask them, I want to know you, Sandesh. I mean, what's mm. your story? Yeah. If I ask you what's your story, yeah. you will never give me a resume. You will never say, I have a house, I work for this big tech yeah. firm, this is how much yeah. I make, this is yeah. my retirement plan. Yeah. You'll go yeah. to the core story and people love to share those stories mm-hmm. and you get to, man, you get to learn so much from these yeah. everyday people. For you, it's like, another man walking on the road. But what we fail to understand is, you know, we kind of think the world is revolving around us Mm. unconsciously. When you're Mm. driving on the road, it's you. Everyone is a backstage character in your story. But what we don't understand is the person in front of you has a family, has kids, hopes, dreams, love, job, everything. And uh, it's a beautiful thing when we collectively share those stories. Mm -hmm. You really appreciate them and see them as a human and appreciate for who they are Correct. and it just makes you think that we are all the same maybe we are different economically and physically or whatever Correct. but at the core of it we are all the same people we just want to work hard have a roof on top of our head yeah put enough food on the plate of our dear ones yeah. and live a happy life and die one day that's the common denominator of every yeah. single person Absolutely. And um, yeah, I was really fortunate to -hmm. hear some fantastic stories from people who gave me the courage and hope that, you know, Mm. anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I I would one day write a book about all these stories of people that I met. Oh, please, please do. Please do. As as a (laughs) sincere request from a person who's just heard you, please do. Um, Definitely. yeah, or if somebody who's listening to this could make a movie, please. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. kind because, of you. I because, don't know if it's uh, movie worthy or book worthy <laughs> yet, but uh, one day. Yeah, because, you know, have you, have you watched this movie, The World's Fastest Indian? Yeah, I did. Don't you feel the story is so much more similar because he meets so many people along the way mm-hmm. who help him uh, in a different various ways and how they show kindness and everything i was just i was just i was just playing this movie while you were explaining me your story you know because it's just crazy so thank you so much naresh for sharing your story and for telling me all these things for telling us the listeners all these things i wish you all the best i hope freedom seat usa happens very soon so that we will definitely follow your journey and uh this time uh, hopefully Anna, we know what's the most craziest part 27th of february 2019 was when you 
started the Freedom Seed journey yeah. to Germany, <laughs> and that is exactly when I'm going to be releasing this episode. Oh wow! Which will be day before or day after tomorrow. So that would be amazing. I mean, it's reliving those really, yeah. really good memories. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see where is kindness once the adventure starts. I'll mm-hmm. have so my website is the same. It's going to be freedomseat.org. Yeah. Okay. And there would be a big link that says where is kindness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people can track me. And if any of the listeners are mm-hmm. across America, mm-hmm. and if my route somehow coincides with where you are, mm-hmm. just find me, ride with me, tell me who you are and what's your story, and yeah. let's ride together and uh, let's see a world without slavery and even if you're not mm. in the u.s to help me pedal mm. you can always um, help me spread the word raise absolutely. awareness absolutely whatever few rupees that you have you can always donate for yeah giving not just food clothes and shelter but freedom to some absolutely. person who's deprived of it thank so that would be freedomseat.org that is crazy that is thank you so much Narish. on that note i'm gonna say bye to you and i thank wish you all Nish. the very best Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was one hell of a conversation, wasn't it? And I'm sure you loved listening to it as much as I loved making this episode. This is probably one of the best conversations that I've ever had on this podcast because it was filled with so much compassion and kindness. And I'm so glad that my brother-in-law, Karthik, connected me and Naresh and we could do this. So if you want to get connected to Naresh, I will link all of his details as well as his website freedomseat.org in the show notes of this episode. Go check it out, go follow him and follow his journey of raising awareness and funds to end slavery now. If you think this episode had an impact on you, all I ask of you is please to take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram stories and tag me. My handle is Sai Sandesh Markham and tag Naresh whose handle is I am a runner, I-A-M-A-R-U-N-R and tell us how much you liked this episode and also go leave Naresh a message and tell him how much his story has impacted your life and probably that could be your act of kindness and he would definitely appreciate it and he will definitely respond to you as well because that is the kind of man he is. He is just one of the nicest guys that I've ever spoken to. So that's about it from me this week. I will see you guys next week. My name is Sai Sandesh Markham and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Woo!